0: hello everybody and welcome back to let's go on an adventure it has been a minute guys i am so sorry i had every intention of having stuff up the last couple weeks unfortunately life has gotten in the way these last two weeks have been rather hectic uh we've had some last minute events for my job i've had some family stuff going on and then i actually quit a different job so it's been a lot of stuff, not to mention, you know, my truck being down and everything like that. I haven't actually been home in the last two weeks. I've been staying with family to make sure I got rides to and from work, but I'm back. I'm here. Um, I'm going to have probably about a good week off, so I will be able to get some books read, some prep done for this to make sure I've got some podcasts for you guys on different books. So thank you for sticking with us this long. I got some stuff going, got some books for you. Thank you, all my new listeners. Even though I've been gone, we've got some new listeners, new downloaders. And welcome, welcome, those of you from Australia and uh, British Columbia. Welcome back. And, you know, hopefully you've made it this far. You're enjoying it so far. So hopefully you'll like these next ones. So here we go. Let's go ahead and dive right into this book one that I got for you guys. So this is a book trilogy called Scythe. Now, I actually thought it was newer than it actually is because I've been seeing it Barnes and Noble on, you know, like a display table and everything. Every time I walk in, it's just it's been there and it's a trilogy. So it's a a three parter with a like little uh, storybook at the end as well. So technically three point five, but three books in its main story. The last book, the three point book, three point five is like a compilation of short stories from the series or trilogy. So this book is called Scythe. It is a YA. It is a YA like sci-fi fantasy. um, They call it biopunk um, adventure. And I'm, to a point I understand the whole biopunk thing. That is not a genre I'm fully familiar with, but the way I see it, it's kind of like, not post-apocalyptic, but um, post-scientific change. Think steampunk, really, without it being fully steampunk. It's a really interesting read, that's for sure. I've been reading the first one. I will admit I'm not done with it. I'm sorry. But I'm getting the gist of it, and I'm really actually excited to finish it and get the other th- uh, other two. Now, when I said that this is actually older than I thought it was, this originally came out in 2016. Um, it was written by Neil Shusterman, who has actually quite a few books out. Um, he wrote Challenger Deep, Dry... Uh, the Unwind Dystology, the Ancy Bonin books, the Star Shards Chronicles, the Skinjacker Trilogy, Dark Fusion Trilogy, and there's a bunch more. There was so much more I just didn't want to write them all down. So he's actually a very well-known author. He's ha- won a few awards for his different types of books for YA. So he's he's pretty out there. He's pretty cool. And this concept that he has is actually really interesting from anything that I've read. And I can't wait wait to share it for you guys. So, like I said, this is considered a biopunk or steampunk type book, genre, uh, genre wise. Oh my goodness. Guys, I'm so excited. I can't even speak correctly. I'm, I'm happy to be back. All right, let's try this again. <laughs> it is considered biopunk or steampunk type of genre. Um, and the concept is really interesting. So, as you know, the word scythe is a type of um, tool used in, most common used in the fields to, uh, for wheat, if I remember right. Uh, and it's also a symbol of death used, you know, by the Grim Reaper. He has, you know, a scythe. Now, with just that being said, you can get kind of an idea where we're going with this. Just a small idea that there's going to be death in this book, but not necessarily in the way that you think. Most people, when they hear that there's going to be death in the book, they think death of a character, you know, someone that they build up for you to love, or even someone that you build up to hate is going to die, right? Or a beloved character is going to lose a family member and whatnot. With this one, Scythe is actually a group of people. It's the Scythe, and they are chosen. In this world, in this... I'm going to say post-apocalyptic, even though it's not really apocalyptic. In this world, it is, I think, a few hundred years after our time, or even just like 20 years, but mankind has found a cure for death. Now, when I say cure for death, I don't mean just, oh, old age, dying. No, every form of death, whether it be dying in your sleep, cancer, getting hit by a car, falling off a building, suicide, it is a cure. They found a cure for death. And people can live literally forever. And because of that, you can see where there might be a problem with overpopulation and everything. Because people can live as long as they want. They can turn back the clock and be 86, but make themselves look like they're 25. It's absolutely crazy, the concept of it. It's like they turn back their own biological clock to make themselves younger, even though they're really 200 years old. Now, this group of people, the Scythes, was a organization that essentially the government created to make sure the population stayed stable. I bet you can see where I'm going with this. They would literally pick people at random to kill. That was their job. And it was always painless. It was always a merciful way of killing. It was never like, you know, you're going to go through severe pain and die unless it was something that they truly deserved. Like for instance, if it was a criminal or whatever, then yeah, they might get a you know, harder death. However, it was not part of how their organization goes. Now being that this is essentially a killing organization for the government to keep population control under control, they actually have commandments and Ironically enough, there's ten commandments. There's thou shalt kill, because that's what they have to do. Um, Thou shalt kill with no bias, bigotry, or malice, or afterthought. Therefore, it's never for, like, revenge and such. Uh, Thou shalt grant an animum of immunity to the beloved of those who accept your company, or your coming, and to anyone else you deem worthy. Now, by that, they mean literally if they come into someone's house to which that they are coming for. They're, quote-unquote, gleaning, killing they are granted immunity for a certain amount of time before they get put back into the possibility of being chosen to be killed uh thou shalt kill with the with sorry thou shalt kill the beloved of those who resist in other words if you try to run from being gleaned now it's not just you that's dying it's your whole family uh, thou shalt serve humanity for a full span of thy days, thy family, and yada, yada, yada. I'm not going to give you all of them because you we- need to read this book. It's a pretty good one. But I am going to focus on the last one, which thou shalt be beholden to no laws beyond these. Now, I am focusing on that one because it's that one that this whole story literally revolves around. Now, going back to what they do, it they they weed out, well not weed out, but their population control. If no one can die, what happens to the earth? We're going to get, you know, overpopulated, things get crowded, blah blah blah. No such thing as poverty actually exists unless someone chooses poverty. It's absolutely the perfect world. To a point. Now, they do follow a specific regime when it comes to killing, and in that aspect they follow statistics. They have to kill so many people within a year, and in those... They have to kill people of certain nationalities, like a percentage, Um, religions. They also have to kill uh, based off of specific statistics. For instance, let's say um, the statistics for Washington, uh, 10% of all deaths are gang related. They will find one of their gleanings will be part of a gang. And they will specifically target them. So at random, a gang person. Or uh, was it uh, 50% of deaths are of old age. They will find someone who's older that hasn't turned back their clock and they'll they'll die. Or someone random in a parking lot because 5% of deaths are at random or whatever, and they will pick someone randomly from a parking lot. So they do follow specific statistics, and they have to reach a certain quota. Kind of like how cops have to, you know, reach a certain quota of tickets and everything like that. That kind of sort of thing. So it's an interesting concept. Now, obviously, there are people who are chosen as scythes. And that actually is what the story revolves around, is these two characters who were chosen as teenagers because of how... They presented themselves to a scythe who came in their presence for gleaning. One female character, who is our strong female lead in the book, is she didn't confront the scythe, but it was more of the scythe came to their house. Her mom, dad, and her brother saw him, and automatically there was fear that someone was going to be gleaned. No, he didn't glean anyone in the house. He was actually there for their neighbor. He just simply wanted a meal. He was simply hungry. He was kind. He wasn't, you know, rude, mean, demanding or anything. He simply asked if he could have dinner with them, which, of course, they obliged more willing than anything with the hope of, you know, resisting a gleaning and or bypassing a gleaning and whatnot, even though they knew that wouldn't happen. And this particular female character stood up to him and be like, what are you doing? You, If you're going to glean one of us, just get it done and over with. So that way the morning process can begin. Basically, don't take your time. Get this over and done with. You're causing more harm than good. And he saw a morality in that that he's like, that would make a good scythe. Now, our main male lead also had a run in with the same scythe at school. The scythe had come to basically kill their lead football player. Why? Because a percentage of teens uh, die from drinking and reckless driving from DUIs. This football player had a... High record of being completely reckless, of drinking and driving, DUIs, being in the hospital, being basically put back together, and all sorts of that. He was only 19. Only 19. Just started high school. And this main character requested to stay in the room while the gleaning took place in the, off- in the principal's office. And he said, why? You do- he know- he's nothing to you. He doesn't even know your name. He goes, because his family's not here. No one's here to hold his hand. No one's here to comfort him as he basically takes his last breath. And he does. He holds this kid's hand as he's administered um, basically a shock that stops his heart. Which, if anyone knows anything about electricity, if someone is electrocuted and you're holding on their hand, you're going to get electrocuted too. And that's exactly what happens. (laughs) He kind of gets thrown into the wall. And the scythe warns him. He goes... Because you did this, you will not get any respect from anyone. If anything, everyone's going to hate you in this school because they're not going to see what you did as an act of kindness, but that you didn't stop anything. And the scythe was right. Absolutely right. He gets picked on. He gets, you know, might have to even transfer schools. People absolutely hate him because they feel like he could have done something, which is an irrational thought because in this world, you can't stop a gleaning. You can't. If you're chosen, you're chosen. You can't stop it. He simply was there to make sure that this kid knew he wasn't alone. And unfortunately, he became ostracized, outcast from it. But by doing that act, that scythe also saw a type of morality in him that would make a good scythe, that they would truly not kill needlessly, that they have compassion as well as strength. And But only one of them can actually become a scythe. So he takes them both on as apprentices, to train and essentially compete to become a scythe and once they the loser if you will uh will go back home like nothing happened the winner will become a scythe he will be immune from death as will his family they'll have complete immunity they'll never die okay protection basically which you know it seems like a great gig even though you can't really be normal people will hate you people will be terrified of you whatever now back to the 10th commandment of you will be above basically every law except for the commandments of the scythe. A group of scythes essentially start wreaking havoc. And by wreaking havoc, I mean this. Scythes when they take a life, they take it with per, you know passion or not passion but compassion, sympathy, mercy, knowing that this isn't what this person chose. They're more than likely not ready. It's not something that they want. However, it needs to be done to match the numbers, to keep, you know, everything under control. And even if they don't want to die, it's something that has to happen. And so death is delivered with mercy. It's, it's fast. It's easy. Um, one example is, you know, a quick cyanide pill that kills them, or I don't know if it's actually a cyanide, but it was a type of pill that they were given to another person or like with that kid, it was an electric shock. Straight to the heart. Killed instantly. Didn't feel a thing. They aren't without mercy. This group of scythes, however, decided that that's not what they were going to do anymore. And they go aboard a plane and slaughter everyone in ruthless ways with a flamethrower, with a chainsaw, with a hatchet. Like, not in any way a type of gleaning that was like that. That absolutely out of control because they are above no law. And so the story continues with our two main characters and that type of situation trying to essentially stop that and become scythes themselves and fix what the wrongs that are going on. Now, I can't tell you more than that cuz like I said, I'm still reading it myself. And I am absolutely intrigued to see how it goes. And if you want a review on the full book, I will absolutely do that because that's what I should have done in the first place. But I really wanted to get this out for you guys. So you guys had some sort of podcast. And I mean, come on, if I tell you the whole story, are you really going to read it? Because now you know how it goes. So um, it is a s- shorter book. Well, OK, it's an average size book. It's 443 pages, the first book. Um, and like I said, I thought it was newer but it actually came out in 2016. So it's been what 6 years since it came out, which isn't a long time for a book. It's not it's a good average time, but it's being rebroadcast as, you know, not new, but you know, check out this author. And so it's being put out there in bookstores like on Barnes and Noble, displayed on tables and everything like that. Um, which is pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. This is a good book, and I would encourage many people to read it just because, one, it's a YA, so it's a good, like, little fantasy sci-fi fiction to ease into. So far, I'm not seeing any type of romance or spice. It's strictly, like, 16 to 18, you know, 16-year-old. you year old. Oh, my goodness. So, nothing super crazy. It's not like how um, From Blood and Ashes or anything like that. It's a good book, though. I absolutely 100% enjoy it, and so far, and I can't wait to continue reading it. And as i continue reading it i will of course get the other ones although right now i'm on a buying ban for at least september because i mean come on spooky season's next month i gotta make sure i got some spooky books for you right so give me some recommend recommendations on your spooky books that you want to hear in october uh i can't promise that i'll read a bunch of them i am not a big horror buff if you even mention stephen king the answer is no i will not do it stephen king books absolutely terrify me but so these books are fantastic so far. I'm enjoying the first one and I can't wait to finish it. I can't wait to get to the second and third one. The second book is called Thunderhead. The third one is called The Toll and it is by far the longest. It is 640 pages so it's a it's a thick boy. Um and it was last published in 2019. So that one's the end is newer. So that's going to wrap it up for today, guys. Again, I am so sorry that it's taken so long to put something out there for you. And I'm going to be catching back up. I'm going to have about a week's vacation before I start my new job with Popcorn Northwest as their general manager. Um, so we're still getting that store set up. And once it's up and running, I will be back at work. But hopefully I will at least have some podcasts set up and ready to go for you by the end of the week. More than one. And we'll just get them cranked back out. So, I hope this book leads you guys on your next adventure. Have a good one, guys.